Before we start recording, because I did this last time, I need you to write down, down your social. So I yeah. can just I keep tagging that instead of interrupting. Be like, sorry, hold on. So this is. What's your cell show? The Star Wars Australian? Yep. For Hemsworth. Oh, I mean, I, I can do the quick version here for you. Uh, which we reserve for Clint, because he's probably just going to shoot bourbon and doesn't really entirely care. Yeah. Graduate dram for uh, Banner, because it's a little professorial. Every student who interns at the liquor store next to the smallest operational Scotch whiskey facility gets their name put on uh, a whiskey barrel when they graduate from interning at the liquor store, but also at the small company. Uh, small company. Right. Uh, the Star Word I pick for Hemsworth, because it's a new Australian whiskey that I have not seen enough of and got my hands on a bottle. Shackleton was buried in the ice and found in the ice, so far too fitting. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, Talisker for Nick Fury, because it's just a little bit salty and then warms up on you at the end, because it's a Silver's Edition, uh, a.k.a. the Captain Marvel fun stuff. Yeah. Ibiki for Stark, because I want it and it's expensive. And the Uprising, I wanted to throw in one of my personal favorite whiskeys, because most people don't get a chance to have it, because they uh, they're not outside of New England yet. But this is an American single malt, so it's Scotch masquerading as an American like a spy does. I'll, I'll go into so the that's a Natasha. Well that that's a Natasha, yeah. yeah. Great. Um, All right. Uh, shall we kick it? Kick it. Kick it cold stool. Oh, after you write down your social. Yeah. We're it, already it's, going. It's like, it's like Bevan's asking for your social security number. And with that, welcome to the Adultish Podcast. I'm Brendan Sokler. Uh, Adultish is a show, a web series, as it were, that yeah. you can check out on uh, adultish.tv. Yes. Or Footprint.tv. Yes. We're using both of these mics, Bevan. We're using both of them. (laughs) Are we re-recording right now? I don't know. Is that what it's doing? I think so. Great. Wonderful. This is great tech. We're killing it. What is that? Do we want to start again? (laughs) Great. Hold on. What's this? Great great question. I don't know. Let's take that. Why is it taking pictures? Oh, what a oh, because we're on play. Take play off. Well, no, he was trying to play back. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Welcome to the Adultish Podcast. I'm Brendan Sokler. Adultish is both a podcast but also a web series. You can check us out at adultish.tv or footprint.tv. And with that, let's kick it. I'm Brendan Sokler. I'm David Wright. I'm Pat Marin. And I'm Bevan. What's up, everyone? Hi. Hi. So, one of these names you might not recognize because we've never had him on the fucking podcast. I've been here. Uh, David's been here. I have. Bevan's been here. Mm-hmm. I, I've been here. I've been here. Uh, and that, that leaves you. Patrick, could uh, you introduce yourself and why the fuck we have you here? Well... Probably because we like drinking together. No. Uh, yes. Well, yes, mostly. Yes. Uh, my name is Patrick Marin. Uh, I'm a bartender in New York City, but I mostly focus on whiskey. Uh, and we are here to talk about Avengers Endgame and pair some whiskeys with the core Avengers. So, Patrick, you run a service that people can hire you for. Uh, can you give us the skinny on what the fuck that is? Absolutely. Uh, I, I've been bartending for a long time and found that I really liked whiskey. Uh, and doing cocktails, and basically realized that New York is the perfect market for being able to offer those services and be a little bit educational, but also kind of bespoke. So in in the spirit of something like Night Heron, uh, I offer my services going around to do uh, educational seminars and talking about whiskey and doing whiskey tastings if people are interested. Nice. Excellent. Uh, And uh, what's that service called? Uh, It's called the Bar Rover, mostly because I have a little suitcase that can carry some bottles around, and I bring my own supplies. 
and I come and talk at different places when people want to hire me out for something smaller than a large corporate event. So we're here to talk about Avengers and here to talk about whiskey. So we have paired seven different whiskeys with the seven core Avengers of the OG Avengers. OG team. OG team. Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, that is correct. But by the way, everything we're going to talk about in this spoilers, turn, we're going to spoil everything. Like it, everything's on the table. It's been around for like Three two weeks. weeks. Yeah, get Three the weeks. fuck to the theater if you haven't. Yeah. Russo Brothers has also lifted the spoiler ban now, so yeah. therefore it's a free for all. So suck it. Yeah, yeah. suck it, people. So, Enjoy our podcast and suck it. Um, or chuck it. We don't have a theme song. Well, we do have a theme song oh, from that live episode. Oh, yeah, that one time. We really should edit that in one of these days. We should. <laughs> anyway, uh, Patrick, what do we got here first? Uh, well, first, of course, since we started out with the premier gemstone of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it makes only the most sense to start out with a Tony Stark whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, this first whiskey in the lineup is the Hibiki Harmony, a Japanese whiskey that is technically discontinued and off the market right now so let's Just have a cheers funny. to impossible oh, to find Ooh. well played came in strong and dusted away mm. uh, uh, oh there it is so the hibiki was created um by the japanese uh there's a, a master blender for suntory and wanted to create something that appeals to scotch whiskey drinkers uh coming f- as the japanese got into the market uh, there are plenty of other places where you can have me go into the long-term discussions, but basically this is a great entry drug for Johnny Walker drinkers to mm. get into both Japanese whiskeys or for people who have tried Johnny Walker and don't find it too strong or too intense to start drinking scotch. Great. Now, if I'm remembering right, because I, too, am a whiskey nerd, uh, I believe there's a whiskey magazine that my girlfriend's mom got me that said this was, like, the worldly whiskey of the year, I want to say in, like, 2016. A couple times, yeah. Yeah, it's really good, and it's Japanese Harmony because it's a blend, is it not? It is a blend of two different styles of single malt, both award winners from the same company. Uh, I believe it is uh, a 12-year Yamazaki and a 12-year Hibiki, uh, sorry, 12-year Hakushu, peated and unpeated, put together and then aged in another barrel for more years. So it smooths out all the rough edges of those two scotch elements. And while it does have some smokiness to it, it's not a full-on Isla-style whiskey. And while it's uh, not just using the Yamazaki, which is known to be a little bit more sharper and bitey like a lot of the Highland single malts. Well, I'm hard as an Iron Man suit. Uh, So why did we pick this one for Mr. Stark? Uh, Mostly because when I was thinking about the whiskeys that Tony would drink, as as you gave me the the full and glorious freedom to pick a flight of whiskeys to represent our Avengers, I started thinking outside the box as... The, the entire series was outside the box, and it's fun to pick from my collection to have a whole bunch of different types of whiskey. So one of the things I looked at my collection and said, what's the I want it in this collection? And the thing that always seems to draw a lot of people's attention right now uh, at the bar that I work at called On the Rocks uh, when I'm there full-time. Sorry. Uh, no, totally funny. Um, 49th and 10th, Hell's Kitchen. Uh, basically, a lot of people are drawn to the Japanese whiskeys because they're curious about it, and it gets your attention. And Iron Man definitely got our attention with the first movie, so it seemed apropos. So, David, let's get into... Uh, do you want to give a rundown of what the fuck happened to Tony in this movie? Oh, uh, well, um, he, um, he he avenged, basically. He was the ultimate defender-avenger yeah. of uh, of this saga. Uh, he uh, He's... 
He's he dies at the end, everyone. What? He dies at the end. He uh, in a last minute attempt to save the world, the one chance they all had was for Tony Stark to take the stones from Thanos' gauntlet via science magic from his suit, and then when it came to his suit, he then snapped his fingers right before he said I am Iron Man. And then he snapped and he turned Thanos and all of his acolytes to dust. And uh, but then claimed his own life. So uh, the writers Marcus and McFeely uh, were recently on with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. I would say friend of the show if they actually listened to it. I'm sure they would love us. Hi, Kevin. Hi, hi, Mark. Um, and I met Kevin twice, and he doesn't know my name, but he pretends to know me, which I admire. Which is close to friendship, if nothing else. And uh, they talked about there was an intersection and two tent poles of this movie. The journeys of Captain America and Iron Man. And they intersect and cross over. With Tony, Tony's major journey is to become a bit more selfless. Yeah. And Caps is to be a bit more self-interested because he's the one who jumps on the grenade. He's the one who gave up everything. And then we'll get to what happens with Cap. But I felt this was a really goddamn beautiful resolution for Mr. Stark, much like the resolution that happens in my mouth with the sabiki aftertaste. Tony Stark has almost sacrificed himself in every Avengers movie. Yeah, it's trauma, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like... Wasn't it him that almost died with putting the missile in the time warp and then closing? I don't think that was Cap. I mean, he almost died in the Middle East that one time. Yeah, he almost died in the Middle I mean, he's almost died and sacrificed himself for the world in countless movies. So the argument of like, well, it needed to be Tony Stark because he needs to learn to be selfless. Well, even with shrapnel in his heart, he was still selfish. Like, if anything, he at the end of Iron Man 1, he becomes full full tilt diva. And by remind you about Ultron, he was just like yeah. which he created the supervillain. Well, yeah, well, he then chose to get under the giant sinking island to prevent it from killing millions of people. Right. So yeah, yeah he kind of learned the We're lesson already. He's not a hero. We're saying that from point A, Iron Man one, he is a self-interested asshole and thinks he's always fucking right. And then end of this, he is a selfless asshole who might not even be an asshole anymore. When you save half the universe, I think you get an asshole pass. But he also, he, the decision was made because he knew it was the right one. Yeah, like there's the, the only one, according to Stephen Strange. Oh, oh, and yet, I'm going to side tangent for the geeks in the room listening and here, that someone has already started to say, Doctor Strange put up one finger but didn't specify, which then leaves the fly you fool's interpretation on the table. Mm. Was he saying, go up and pass it to Carol, who can handle the power visibly? Was he saying, you only have one option, kill yourself and sacrifice yourself? Or was he saying, you only need to remove one stone to stop the gauntlet? There is room for interpretation here, which is really, really fun, as the geeks traumatized or otherwise, are picking apart this movie three weeks later. I call shenanigans on that. If Ah. Stephen Strange is saying there is one outcome and the outcome worked out, presumably he got it right. That's what I say to that. Just presuming things when you can debate things. Let's fan theorize and shit on everything. (laughs) That's where the real business is. First off, it's not called, like, fan theorizing 
theorize does not mean that we're absolutely shitting on everything. It's a debate. It's a conversation. Go in your corner with I your safe blanket. Yes, but you also think that there's no flaws in this movie, and that's a little bit flawed of you. I think there's no flaws in this movie. How would you know that from the episode we recorded and it didn't record? It yeah. didn't. By the way, last episode was last week. That was my fault. But then again, back to Brendan not thinking any, seeing any flaws. He loves Aquaman, so, you know, <laughs> jury's out okay. for really okay. for tastes. Okay. It's a very pretty movie. It is a very pretty movie. Yeah. Thank you. And it is an action movie. I mean, think of it as Fast and the Furious 18 or whatever. Agreed. I will be day one at every Fast and the Furious movie because it's a Fast and Furious movie. I don't need a Fast and Furious underwater with my man, Jason Momoa, and Amber Heard playing a dead Ariel. I'm not saying Aquaman can compete with parts of the MCU, but I'm saying... It can't compete with the Furious, either. It is a summer popcorn movie, and it knew it, and it embraced it. Yes, but so did... So did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Michael Bay. Uh, Thank you. Out of the shadows was so bad mm-hmm. it might be good. We can fight about this later. Fine. fine. Okay. I well, going back to Tony Stark. Yes. Go back to Tony Stark. So going back to Tony Stark. I personally think that what they have done with the whole multiverse thing is they've given the option now of if Tony ever wanted to come back, which let's see if Robert Downey Jr. misses that $100 million he made on just this one fucking film. Uh, he could possibly come back as an alternate universe Tony, or he could be an AI Tony Stark, which is also a possibility, too. He could also be the voice of the Iron Man suit for whoever is the future yeah, Iron Man. That's what I just said. Oh, well, fuck. There's I another mean, option, of course, the multiverse. Yeah. That's what I just said. There, there's another... I'm listening to you. There's another... There's, a, there's another... <laughs> more whiskey in my defense. I'm just ignoring you. <laughs> One more option is... Ignore me. I'm the only girl in the room. That's <laughs> the one thing that you know could also happen is uh, nothing. Tony Stark is dead, and we never go back to it. And when we do, it'll be thirty years from now with a brand new actor playing him. Or we could get Ironheart. Or we get exactly that's what I mean. Like, but Tony Stark. Like we're talking about like if we want Tony Stark back, what if he just doesn't? I think I think you need to ice him for a little bit. Yeah. No, no. I... But look, we got Thor. We got Thor. That's a role that can. That's a. That's a role that can be forever. Yeah. And we got the Gruffalo. Mark Ruffalo's apparently sticking around as well. As well he should, considering his finale for that movie was lame. Uh, mm, okay, parts of the finale. Yeah. But as a as a longtime fan of comic books, I think th- even embracing the idea of Professor Hulk was well executed and a delightful chance to show where they could go mm-hmm. with future movies when they decide to stop thinking about Edward Norton and actually make a Mark Ruffalo solo Hulk film. Sure. I, I, I'm, I'm totally for that. I still think that you had this buildup for the Hulk since Ragnarok that never really paid off, sadly, I think. Yes. Can I ask a question to the room, though? Do you think that we're actually going to keep getting actual solo films in terms of, like, there's nobody else from other MCU films that show up with them? Like, for instance, Thor Ragnarok had Hulk. Thor Ragnarok had Hulk because Universal owns the rights to solo Hulk movies. Much like Ben Affleck and Mallrats, this was a backdoor way to get him in. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, they're going to keep doing that with Hulk because they don't want to share the rights with Universal. Now, they have a working deal with Sony, but Universal apparently was a bit more of a pain in the ass. Captain America Civil War. It was... Technically a Captain America film, but how many Avengers were in that movie? That was was Avengers 2.5. Right, we all know that. But uh, no, for the sake of clarity, 
there will be individual movies. And then some of the team-up movies, like Guardians was never a solo movie. And it, again, won't be a solo movie. Uh, Captain Marvel will probably, the second one will probably be a solo movie. Uh, Right now, there have been rumors based on casting that has happened out in Los Angeles that we're going to get an Immortals movie. And I know nothing about the Immortals. The Eternals. That's the one. See, know nothing about it. you, you've one only had one shot of whiskey. The, the Eternals, aren't the Eternals uh, all in the Brotherhood of Thanos? Like, isn't Thanos an Eternal? Thanos' parents are Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's he all... He has a daddy. Of course. Oh, my God. And he falls in love with death. Long story. I read that comic. It's called the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, so my brother, I want to share this fan theory for a second. My bro- I think Wait, we before, should... before we share that fan theory... Where are we going next? That's a great question. All right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you set me up that easily. So since we finished Tony Stark with yep. the introduction of the Avengers Initiative and Mr. Nick Fury, mm-hmm. I figured it would be nice to follow up with our own Nick Fury whiskey. Okay. Uh, I've gone with the Talisker Single Malt. Uh, this, aye, aye. Is, this is a distiller's edition whiskey. A uh, little bit salty, nice and warm at the end. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Nick Fury over the course of multiple movies until we get to Captain Marvel. Very nice. Cheers. 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 Are we clanking? clanking. Let's get that clanking. sound effect. Clank, clank. These are these aren't fake clanks. This is the real shit. For the listeners at home, we're drinking. Uh, I also, if anybody wants to open it up a little bit, I do have an eyedropper with uh, room temperature oh, tap oh, water, please. so that you can <laughs> yeah, just add a little bit in and spread the molecules. Out. I saw you add a little extra for Beth in there. Um, I warned him ahead of time to pour me like less than you guys because. So I've actually been to this distillery before. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival, we fucked off to the Isle of Skye. And this, I believe, is the only distillery there. Correct. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous island. And uh, this whiskey's fucking amazing. It's peaty. It's kind of burns, much like Nick Fury throughout most movies. It's a little... Simmering s- anger. A little salty, a little cranky. Yep. Um... I dig it. So let's talk about Nick Fury in this movie. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. We're done. In this movie. Nick, where the fuck was Nick Fury? Yes. He Behind got, the porch. He got snapped. He came in at the end and was like, this is sad. See, if I was Robert Downey Jr., I would just sign the same contract that Samuel L. Jackson signed, which is he only has to show up to set maybe. Bethany's not coming back. Let it go. I'm telling you right now. He left Samuel- for cigarettes and he's not coming home. No, I want miss Tony so much. Um, no, because... It just I, happened. I understand. I don't want another movie without Iron Man. God damn it. I was ready for more. He's only been an eight, to be fair, out of 22. I understand. I, I, I get it. I just, I'm still great. He wasn't in volume one of Guardians. No, but it was still great. He wasn't in the first Avenger. He wasn't in Incredible Hulk. His daddy was. I mean, his dad was. To be yeah. fair, the Starks have been involved throughout, you know. Yeah, but being in the sack don't count. He's only been in eight movies. Tony's Tony's gone, Bevan. Tony's gone. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> like Samuel L. Jackson is a smart motherfucker because shut your mouth. I know. We can have it's our podcast. We can do what we want. Did that We're, Shaft movie come out? No, We're talking about Sam Jack. Shaft Generations. No, no not yet. <laughs> so Samuel L. Jackson's like Marvel money is dope. I'm gonna keep that Marvel money, but I'm not gonna show up to like all these different like films like more than ten days. A, like a shoot so basically he has the cameo role where he shows up he drops a couple of badass lines he's like peace i'm out giving my marvel money i'll see you next movie for like 
four days of shooting. That's a brilliant move. I feel like Sam Jackson actually signed on for like 12 movies in his contract. And I'm very curious what the wording on that contract is. Listen, you're not going to have more than 10 lines. You'll be in 12 movies. Eight to twelve million for each, or something. It's, like, it's from the neck up. You don't even have to put the patch because it'll be the back of your head. Yeah. I, I wonder though how much of that is also based on where it is to fit him in. If they knew that they were going to give Downey the focus, maybe the reason to keep Sam Jackson in the background is to show that somebody's going to step forward and do some leadershipy things. Based on the last two trailers for Spider-Man: Far From Home, it looks like we're going to get a lot more Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, definitely. So they probably seduced him. With the the promise of okay, now that you're done filming Captain Marvel and X, Y, and Z, and the Hitman's Bodyguard Two or whatever he's doing next, he's got a little bit more time and can step into that leadership role. Because probably when they started writing this, they didn't realize how big of a hit Captain Marvel was going to be, and are now rebalancing the scales. They didn't need to seduce him with that. Well, frankly, this was Phase One where they got him signed up, so it was probably just John Favreau and Joss Whedon covered in butter. <laughs> that's enough to get the engine rev for good old Samuel L. But for like like Sam Jackson now is basically reprising his arc from Iron Man. Like he's he's becoming he's like not not he's much more mentor now than than like hired ally. That, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Dick. I think. Oh no no no! He's always a dick. Not Even Captain Marvel. Yeah. He was lovely. Yeah, when does that movie take place? The nineties, exactly. Where everything was great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but we have we have we have a Nick Fury that's salty in Iron Man. We have a guy that's you know has an attitude with everybody that he hires, and but has a very you know strong connection with all of them. Treats them like a family. He's kind of like a father figure for the Avengers Initiative. Hence why he's really nice in Captain Marvel, and he you know gets his shit together because shit's serious. And now we have a super seasoned veteran of intergalactic destruction and war coming in and saying, Spider-Man, I need you to become an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is dope as fuck. And it's farther than he ever got with Robert Downey because Robert Downey, as he said himself, as everybody said to his face, he's volatile, narcissistic, and... Does not play well with others. Does not play well with others. When you got your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, very malleable for S.H.I.E.L.D., which gives S.H.I.E.L.D. a new facade it gives him a new image there's a lot to go now with nick fury and spider-man agent of shield where where, who do you think is more likely or do you think it's a break even to take over shield within the mcu continuity do we have a maria hill do we have eight years from now old man cap come in in the 70s or like older Man Cap coming in with the 70s and he and Peggy Carter are running it and we get like three days of the Condor type movie. Give 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 uh give shield now to um Maria. No, 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 to Clint. Oh, fuck me sideways. Give it I to No, I want that. Give it to Clint he and then his own show already. Sure, but give it to Clint in a bit and then give old man Cap the Robert Redford role. The Overseer. See, I really do think that eventually we get an MCU show on um, on Disney. On Crackle. On, on, on Disney Crackle. On Disney Crackle. Um, it's actually Disney. Absorbed yet. Exactly. It's Disney Crunch. Thank you. Um, going in with the candy bar references. Um, but no, I, I do believe that they're going to use Captain America... 
or Steve Rogers, more accurately, because Falcon's Captain America now. By the way, spoilers, Cal- Falcon's Captain Cal- America. Cal- Calvin and Hobbes are Calvin- Captain American. Calvin's you know? Funny. Do you know? This Nick Fury is so smooth. <laughs> Disney Crunch. Saturday morning cartoons. Wall Street prices. <laughs> but I do believe Steve Rogers comes back for a Disney Plus show with Haley Atwell. Mm, Chris Evans says he's done. He's- so did Robert Downey. Stop you from dreaming. <laughs> no, Robert Downey has never said I'm done. It was Chris Evans that's like, guys, I want to be a director. I want to direct and do some musicals, and then he'll be back. All right, what is next, Capitan? So, the next whiskey we have on the table is the Edgar Dower Graduate Dram. Okay. Uh, well, we can share some there if you need. Yeah. Um, I was looking through my collection for fun stuff that you wouldn't see a lot of that have a little extra to it. Um, and so for Mr. Dr. Bruce Banner, Science Bros Club... Uh, I picked uh, a more a more sophisticated whiskey. Um, uh, Edgardour is the smallest continuing operation Scottish distillery. From from my notes of research and being able to drink a bunch of stuff, and it's very very woody and tasty as a Highland whiskey. Uh, it has also got a small program because the local town nearby has uh, interns who work at the local liquor store, nice. and so some of them are or those who graduate from the school who have worked in the liquor store get their names on some of the whiskey. So every one of the, uh, the little bottle casings that it comes in, which I believe I have on me, and the bottle itself actually has a list of all of the graduates from the St. Andrew's Bottle Shop where this is the only place it's available. Aww. Hey there, Trevor Wallace and Jason Wardrop. You're not listening, but who knows? So this, is, this is a gift from a friend uh, and a very, very, very smooth, warm, woody whiskey that will get you Hulk smashed very quickly. Keep, <laughs> keep saying woody. <laughs> uh, you know, because I'm a Toy I'm a Toy Story fan. How dare you? So. But also because Hulk comes after. Oh, Iron hold Man. on, clink it. We that got true. we clink for new characters. The Incredible Hulk. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Mm. It tastes like sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of McAllen, but mm-hmm. then you have far more of a strong sense. Of wood to it. While McAllen tastes like you're at the end of a rainbow drinking sunshine, this is like, I'm drinking the rainbow. Oh my god, there's a barrel in my mouth. Um, it's really quite lovely. So this is made in St. Andrews? Yes. Um, yeah, the Edward Hour facility is right near Excuse me, St. Andrews. Um, the Luvians, I believe, is the, the school itself. Okay. Uh, and the St. Andrews uh, is, the, is the bottle shop, or St. Andrews, the, the town is the, the bottle shop. Dr. Lurvins. Um, yes, and this is the 96 to 17 graduates, so this is a 21-year celebration. This is the 2017 release, I believe. Um, very warm and tasty 10-year, or 12-year? 2005 to 2017. So speaking so of warm and tasty, let's talk about Mark Ruffalo, uh-huh. the zaddy of the MCU. You're very gay today. <laughs> Listen, I'm three shots in. I'm gay enough to party. Um, so, 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 so. Um, I felt that... Mark Ruffalo's Hulk was a bit of a missed opportunity. After all, all, overall, uh, to a certain degree, just uh, I'm meditating on this for a week. Like you, Whoa, wi- you have a flaw in this movie. I have, I have a disagreement in the movie. Um, I personally wish so. N- Natasha dies. We'll get to that. There's a whiskey for that. Yeah, we'll um, her honor. but God damn it. Seeing there, there are like three things that I really want to see out of the Banner Hulk Ruffalo 
character persona. Uh, I want to see that moment where he reconciles being a professor and the Hulk. Mm-hmm. I want to see him in battle with the one arm. Because when Hulk does the snap, his arm is fucked. And to the best of our knowledge, and according to the... Wait, I thought Tony snapped. uh, Both Tony and Hulk snap. Whoa! Hulk snaps in order to bring back everyone. Five years later. That he can to our time period now. And then Tony snaps to uh, butt dust the rest of the people who we don't like. That is correct. The baddies. Uh Uh-huh. Generic CGI 1 through 1,000. Yes. Yep. There were several of them. Um, But I wanted to see Hulk at a disadvantage. And I think there's also... You don't think you saw that when Thanos beat the shit out of him for five seconds? Uh, One stone? Yeah. I not that was brutal. Not enough. Um, yeah, the power levels are kind of calling bullshit in this because he gets beaten by Thanos, and then Thanos has a rough fight. Four four years younger, Thanos has a rough fight against three Avengers. But then you know what I mean. Power levels are kind of like it's kind of like Iron Man's ar- armor. It's gotten worse over the years, and it's gotten better in terms of looks. It's gotten worse in terms of durability because that shit shortens out after a bunch of cars fell on him in Civil War. And I'm like, wait a minute, it took on tanks beforehand. Shenanigans. Um, but I'm I will say this, and then I'm gonna throw it to Patrick. Um, something that I've talked about previously on the podcast is like Marvel has generally done an okay-ish to good job in terms of representation, but tends to do cuts to things that are opening up the MCU to characters that have uh, different perspectives than what we normally see within superhero cinema. Brandon Michael Zuckler, give me an example, please. Okay, so uh, s- Valkyrie's bisexuality uh, which, negated. Which, by the way, she... They had, they filmed things. They filmed things also for Black Panther in terms of characters that were actually gay. And what they did film and then cut from this was Rhodey having a difficult time actually putting on his suit and having difficulty with the fact that, like, he they covered it. They had a moment, though, that I thought would be really cool of him dealing with his disability and that. I kind of wanted to also see that from the Hulk because how fucking dope would it be if you have some type of physical disability or different ability, then you see that represented on the biggest movie of all time in like a week and a half because it will beat Avatar. That's that's my... Uh, su- these are my pseudo-gripes. But again... Any of my gripes with this movie are small potatoes because when you look at the massive scope of what they covered and all the little things they tied together, I think it's so impressive and I sure as shit didn't do anything of that volume, so fuck it. Mm. Anyway, throw in a Patrick. Um, I I haven't read all of the recent comics regarding the Infinity Stones and their individual or combined power levels, but I'm wondering if they may not be referencing into that and possibly the more stones he has in order to control them all equally. Maybe he has to sacrifice some of their individual strengths. Interesting. Also, it's comic books, and we may just have to let stuff go to get through the film. Yep. Yep. That. Yes, everybody. Three hours and ten minutes is a lot of time. You listen to that, listeners and super fans. You have to let shit go. Listen to Kylo. Damn disbelief! Let it go! Put it behind you! <laughs> it's, um, that's the other Disney superhero property. I know, but Kylo's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, the crossover's gonna make so much fucking money. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anything on uh, Doctor well, Banner? Oh, Hulk. Yes. I'm, <laughs> sorry. Is that what we were talking we, about? We refer to them by their professional titles. <laughs> oh, Bruce Banner. Um, I liked him in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I thought that was great. Uh-huh. Uh, him in Infinity War, meh, I was bored. Uh, okay. With him as a character. Um, at Professor Hulk, um, as somebody that never read the comics to the Hulk, I've always been kind of confused about just the Hulk's limitations in general. Like, apparently, all the colors. Well, yeah, all the colors and, like, when he can talk, when he can't talk, and are they two different personalities or are they the same person? Like, it's just never been... If anything, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I would like them to start exploring more of what the Hulk can and cannot do, just for some clarity reasons. Sure. Uh, like the fact that well, he can't defeat Thanos, obviously. Right, which I, I mean, but he can take on Thor, which is crazy. Right. So it's like it's again, it's like all right. There's like like I feel like there's a little bit of convenience factor mm-hmm. with like the writers, like ah, oh, Hulk can do this. Wait, Hulk can't do that, and it's like what? But water hurts him. Yeah, like yeah, yeah it's like really where yeah. where is this? Where is this? Um, I mean, I, I as I said before, quickly, I was I was disappointed with yeah with the miss opportunity, not not in general of the Ruffalo verse in the MCU, sure. but mostly mostly right after Ragnarok, those two movies, I kind of understood and swallowed my pride in terms of what happened to Ruffalo, Banner, Hulk in in Infinity War. I was like, okay, fine, I like the whole impotence thing, like he can't get it up, he can't unleash, he has this trouble because Hulk is traumatized. But then there is no payoff, not only for what happens to Hulk in the future, but also what happens to Hulk and Natasha, what happens to Banner, all these things. Anyways, what are we whispering about, everybody? I have a beer as a palate cleanser because I'm a goddamn madman. Thank you. And let, let it be known, um, this is an all-day IPA session ale that has been in <laughs> Bevan's fridge since two Super Bowls ago. Because I bought a 22 pack because it was 20 bucks. And uh, like, I can have 20 of these. Well, I thought other people would have them, and no one did. So we've just been whittling away at this. And I don't particularly. You remember what Captain America said? We don't trade beers. We don't trade beers. That's what Vision said. I'm pretty sure that's what Ryan Johnson, the next director of the Avengers, said. Uh, Patrick, Patrick, where are we going now? Where we are going now is onto a a fine little whiskey. It's right here. I just moved it away from the microphone. Um, First, let us clink and and say whatever it takes. Whatever Whatever it takes. takes. As as we put it in a circle uh, and have a teensy little sip of this. This is an American single malt whiskey. So this is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna know a little bit more about this one because this Please. is one that almost nobody knows and I think one of the only ones that you don't know in my collection. This is very true. Fantastic. Uh, there is a distillery up in Rhode Island that I'm kind of in love with because I am from Rhode Island and found out that these boys uh, are making a full-on stout beer and then turning it into whiskey. A beer oh. turning into whiskey. So rather than just fermentation. What? Think of beer as the undergrad and whiskey as the graduate program. Okay. There's a lot more technicalities than I that, do. and I, I am not a chemical engineer, so I can only talk in the vaguest actor poetic painting terms. But basically, you can, you can make something like a beer when you start making whiskey. These guys go full on and make, a, I think it's a stout, and actually sell that now from their, their distillery as well. So a stout that turns 
into a whiskey. Yes. So this is going to be a little bit smoother, a little bit more chocolatey, and is only about two years old, so it's a little bit younger. Okay. Um, but it is essentially single malt scotch style whiskey masquerading as an American, which makes sense for our next Avenger, Natasha. Uh, A.K.A. the Black Widow, debuting in Iron Man Du. It's still pronounced debutting. Iron Man debutting? <laughs> God damn it, David. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Iron Man war to weigh down the film with way too many plot holes because you have already announced that you're setting up the Avengers. You lose! <laughs> uh, my I would like my board. Do you remember my accent? Because I clearly didn't. A movie, and now Sam Rockwell dancing. A movie very, 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 very influenced by The Dark Knight. Did you know that his dancing in that movie got him the role as Bob Fosse? Did he? No, I love. Of course not. What the fuck are you thinking? He was a he was a dancer way before. Yeah, I was gonna say he was dancing in uh, what what was on it? cardboard boxes as a break dancer. He did like a split and everything too. He like, did it. Yep. What the hell, Sam Rockwell? What's happening? Sam Rockwell, underrated actor. Let's bring him back. Next Iron Man, the shittiest Iron Man. Um, let's, let's take this opportunity yeah. as we take another sip of this yeah. deliciously creamy whiskey. Oh, it's all good. It's very good actually. I like this one the best. Uh, yeah, this is this is why I continue to buy their whiskeys whenever I go home to Rhode Island because it's just so tasty. What uh, what very grains personal. are in this? Barley, hundred percent barley. That explains it. So yeah, uh, for those who don't know much about whiskey, uh, there are several things that will go into it. With a bourbon, uh, which is like the foremost American whiskey, it has to be over fifty one percent corn. So this technically wouldn't qualify as a bourbon. Not at all. That's not why. Not. That's why I say single malt. Uh, this is one hundred percent not a bourbon. Uh, you are absolutely right. Ah, I like being right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I know. A little bit about Natasha. What do we know about her? Nothing. <laughs> Fucking nothing. You know, um, the, she had a time with Jeremy Renner in Baghdad? No. Budapest. Budapest. It started with a B. Yeah. But son of the inevitable film villain for her solo film, if it ever happens. I, I as personally Red Skull might introduce her. Uh, could be. Also, could be uh, the movie about the five years that she ran Shield during the snap. That actually could be very cool. And that would be a force. Oh, that would be so. That could be the beginning of a force. Oh fuck! Uh, but that would also imply that all of those characters got together in the five years, and some of them were snapped. Well, you got Captain Marvel. You've got uh, Okoye. You've got. Uh, Potentially. Yep. Depending on how you, much you, of those five years they're. You doing don't have. Yeah. You don't have Gamora. So you lose. You lose. Um, no, I think a force happens. I think we teased. The shit out of it. Force fed it more likely. Yeah, listen, listen, listen. I'm I'm gonna say this. We are in the business of the twenty second Marvel movie. I'm gonna tell everyone to get the dick off their soapbox if they are preaching about fan service in the twenty second sequel with all the characters. The Why is this 40s. more foot fan feedy? For service, fuck. You lose. You lose. I don't like it. I said no. <laughs> if anybody wants to mark off the time exactly on the podcast when Brendan jumps off the cliff. <laughs> and it's it, the drunk mark. I only did that to get an infinity stone. Nailed it. <laughs> um, My only biggest gripe always with Natasha has always been that, yes, she's an undercover spy, but she's Russian. They ain't nothing, nothing Russian. 
about this Natasha. There's nothing, nothing Russian about this movie. It's three hours and ten minutes. <laughs> if anything, that's the most Russian thing about it. It's long as fuck. I just meant it wasn't going quite quickly. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, making Chekhov's gauntlet. Exactly, that's what I mean. I was like, <laughs> oh my god! Um, no, cool Chekhov's in the other J.J. Abrams franchise that needs to be. Uh, that's the other thing. We need J.J. Abrams to do another one of the one of the Marvel movies. Because imagine how many more explosions we could get in that. Than three in these three hours. Precisely three. There were so many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah. Natasha's nothing Russian, and that's all I knew about Black Widow. Is that she's a Russian spy. So let's let's talk about it works in America. Let, let, let's talk about her big scene with uh, Clint Clint Barthok. That scene has nothing on that peanut butter and jelly scene. It has nothing. <laughs> it has nothing. It has nothing emotional like that peanut butter and jelly scene. I uh, that was the hardest sandwich eating I've ever seen in terms of just like I'm gonna eat my feelings, literally eating her feelings. I appreciated that. That was great. Listen, I thought this was a really lovely scene that straight up fucked me up i think i'm yeah yeah, i'm talking the other one no i'm talking the peanut butter and jelly because Mm. it was actually preserves and that's a lot um i i am of the mind that (laughs) the scene was beautifully executed i love jeremy renner's oh hey (laughs) to space red skull um i do love that we kind of gloss over the fact that cap Definitely has to go back there and see Space Reds. Yeah, that's such a pocket. Yeah, but fuck it. He gets smoochy face at the end of the movie. Dope. Um, Wait, what do you mean smoochy face? Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter. Yeah, no, Jerry, me, like Clint gets smoochy face. Well, I guess when he sees his wife again, but. Very confused about the Red Skull Captain America makeout sequence. Smoochy face, yeah. Who's smoochy? Fucking Jeremy. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy Renner and Linda Cardellini. It's a tie-in to Dead to Me. It's fucking great. Okay. I'm so stoked about it. But uh, I really love that scene because you see, you've seen their love for each other as friends. It is one of the few like non-secret things about Natasha. I'm excited to see the Natasha movie because so much of that backstory has been, I'm a fucking spy. You don't get to know. Do you think that's actually going to happen? Yeah. No, it's yeah? happening. Yeah, it's on the slate. Is it? It is. So was, so was the Inhumans. Yeah, but that... Uh, and it turned into a TV show. It turned into a TV show. It got show canceled. Because I... And we forgot about it. Because that shit sucked. Inhumans turned into a TV show because IMAX came to them. Hold on. IMAX came to them and went, hey, in like six months, we have a slot open. Can you make something? And they went, sure. sure. <laughs> anyway. Now, throwing to Patrick. My, my tinfoil hat is going back on for a minute. Everything regarding the Inhumans is entirely about the dick measuring contest between Fox and Disney that has been happening over the course of this last decade. See, I think it's the dick measuring between uh, Marvel TV and Marvel Studios. No, that is that is part of the problem. There's so the many things. Dicks. The f- well, that too. Listen, it's a big city. It's Have a big. You seen the Avengers? <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> my my point is is as a as a staunch X Men. Oh. The room should note, and we'll get to more Hawkeye love later. I am wearing a Hawkeye t-shirt. I also debated wearing an X-Men t-shirt just to be that guy. How dare you? Is what color, sir? Purple. Avengers Endgame purple, in fact. Mm -hmm. Um, And Hawkeye purple. And Hawkeye purple. I I have a lot of love for the X-Men, and I was reading the comics when Marvel 
decided since Fox owned the properties and they couldn't really do it. Yeah, they literally found ways to kill off the X-Men in the comics and create the Inhumans more and more rather than this tiny group that was... It was, drug it was as first as that A-Force cameo. Oh, my God. It was. And I think what happened was is once, once, once Fox realized there was money at play and the business started occurring, Disney went, okay, well, if this isn't good, then we can just scrap it. And I think that politically influenced everything behind the scenes. And I will be assassinated at yeah. this podcast, no, so you're I absolutely all hear this and spread the real word. No, I am no, no. a guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The, the, the X-Men have sucked for ten years. <laughs> the X-Men have been garbage for ten years in the comic books because of that. I would, I would argue entirely. Big, big, schism, schism was a wonderful part of the last ten years. Yeah, uh, schism was a year-long storyline. <laughs> and House of M was a year storyline. We're talking about... Avengers X-Men, House of M, the the first Civil War, sure, there are moments there that are worth noting, but in 10 years, really, the X-Men have been in the back end of Marvel you know because, because of politics. They make money off of it. Once they realized right. how much money Iron Man was making, they embraced the fact that they couldn't make that much money and started doing other things with it. And Hence Guardians of the Galaxy as well. 100%. Guardians of the Galaxy could have been, if they, if they didn't decide to go cosmic, could have easily been X-Men finding another stone in the Savage Land or something. Yeah. Oh, Kazar, cast that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, Isn't that the well, thing that gave viruses to my computer in the <laughs> well, early 2000s? <laughs> fun fact, if you look in the deleted information, I believe Kazar was played by Nathan Fillion playing Simon Williams in a film festival in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 from a cut sequence because James Gunn loves Nathan Fillion. That's a deep cut. You know what else is a deep cut? They didn't do the fucking X-Men stuff anymore because they were afraid of getting sued by DC because of Doom Patrol. Nah. Who's who's afraid of DC? Have you seen their movies? Their best one is Shazam, and it's adorable because they saw Homecoming and thought, hey, we can do a teen movie with superpowers. Bingo. When I think teenagers, I think Zachary Levi. Nailed it. Teenagers? No, he nails Shazam. No, the, yeah. He, what? <laughs> well, how meta? <laughs> Zach, yeah, for me, it is Zachary Levi. Not even, not even Shazam. Zachary Levi is the top of the DCCU list yeah. right now oh, for me. Yes, he's totally followed by Aquaman. Followed by. That's not saying much. I'd say, Honestly? I'd say Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman? No. Wonder oh, sorry, sorry. Thank you. Shazam, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman, Aquaman. Everything um, else. Uh, Justice League, because I... Uh, is there a moment? I miss you, Ray you Fisher. Think Justice League is better than Man of Steel? Yes. Really? Oh, my God. I hated Man of Steel. This more is- than so Justice League? We'll find another opportunity to get back to this. Wow. Okay. That's right. another whiskey flight. Where are we going I'll after? come back and we'll, we'll pick a different whiskey for Superman, and I'll come back in a future episode. All right. We're done with Natasha. She's dead. Wow. Wow. Brain matter on the pavement. Have to say about can Natasha. Yeah, can the one female talk about the one female Avenger? Brain on pavement. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, so Natasha, I always wanted to see more out of her. Uh, I thought actually Captain America Civil, uh, not Civil War, uh, uh, Winter Soldier, was probably her strongest performance as Black Widow for sure. Because um, I thought I got at least more character out of her. Uh, and- A lot of lying. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, in terms of her sacrifice in Endgame, I, I, I will be honest. I felt bad that I felt nothing. I was like, nah. I again, I agree with you. The sandwich thing was more popular, and I will kind of agree. If you're gonna do an A forced scene, it is kind of sad that the that first she's not, that she, she's not in it. 
Uh, and a lot of female fans actually were upset on Twitter and Instagram that, like, you have an A4 scene and you don't put the first female Avengers in that A4 scene. It- Look, I'll be, I'll be clear right now. I did not like the A4 scene, A, because I, if I'm going to have female... A, it was forced. Yeah, first off, it made no sense, the storyline. No, 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 no. Listen, in Infinity War, there is a girl power scene that makes more sense because they set up that shot. They show that, like, Okoye and Black Widow were fighting together. They showed Scarlet yeah, Witch coming down. Was- yeah, it, there was a, a development aspect to it. So when the female bad guy was like, you're alone, and she says she's not alone, it made sense. It was built up, built up properly in the storyline. Mm-hmm. In Endgame, it came out of nowhere, and they're backing up a female who honestly... Needs no fucking help to begin with. Very true. So this doesn't make any sense that the females would back up a supernova person who just sped right past them anyway. That's my ta- rant about A Force. Just give me an actual movie and don't give me a scene that makes no sense. Do you wish that she uh, came back as A Force Ghost? Disney owns the property. They could do that. Eat this microphone. I'm eating it. <laughs> Uh, it, I I I I totally agree with you, Bevan. It it felt it felt like it, it was a, a forced cameo of all of them together, uh, and not having the first female Avenger was a kind of a sham and a disappointment. Um, but but also her her death also didn't mean that much in the long run, based on she has really nobody to go back to. She has really a yeah, past that we don't know that. Yeah. That's why she sacrificed. Exactly. I totally understand that. It's connected to Clint. It's connected to the fact that she has isolated herself in ways that, like, no other Avenger has. That made her the perfect boss for S.H.I.E.L.D. That made her the better sacrifice within that moment. Her doing that adds to her nobility. Not, I mean, there's definitely something that gets talked about of it's not sad necessarily to watch these characters die. Mm-hmm. It. it but it's sad to watch the people that love them most recognize that. Um, with her, she has that with Clint. And Clint... And Banner. S- and Banner but we still didn't get that. And, and I wish... No, well, no. The, the, the Steve, they don't have... Uh, they really haven't referenced the fact that she and Steve were nearly... Uh, some, some in, or I don't le- think so. No, I, think, I, think Steve, I think Steve, what he learned... From humanity, right away in his life, the truths about people he learned a lot from Natasha. I feel like he, like all the deceiving, all the scheming, everything of how people get around to get their power, their hands on their own benefit for their own benefit and power and selfishness. Cap got a little bit of reality check hanging out with Natasha during those movies, getting to know, getting to know a lot about himself because of her. So she's responsible for a lot of character development in Steve alone, not not and let alone. Taming Bruce Banner's Hulk. Why I go back to saying that Captain America: Winter Soldier is probably her best performance. Yeah, I thought True. she was fucking lovely in that. She's I, great. Like her work was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the way that this battle sequence happened. Which one? P- the the major battle when people came back. The A4 scene, or are you I'm back? going back to you all that. The, I'm the going sequence. The, the third act. act. The third act. The finale. The things that you got were pairings that had emotional depth. Uh-huh. It's how they paired it. Uh, you also had some odd team-ups and a bit of mimicking of any previous fight patterns uh-huh. and things of that nature. It's callbacks. It is connective tissue 
the whole thing. And there, Bevan, you laid out the connective tissue of what happened previously, and then they built on it. If you're looking for a better justification than that, I, I don't know what to give you because they laid it out in previous movies. They had the you're not alone, and now it's a bigger you're not alone. In spite of the fact that, like, yeah, it Captain Marvel within this canon is the strongest character. But she also just got wrecked. So so did Cap. So did no, there are there's several Wait, people no, that no, got hurt. That was before she got shot. That was she before was she got shot. Fuck it. They're still building. She, she just got the gun from Spider-Man. Yeah. They're still building on this previous thing and building upon this emotional thread and thing that binds these characters. There's a whole bunch of them. I think we're isolating it for no goddamn good reason because it's all fan service. Yeah, but it makes no sense story-wise. I don't care about fan service unless it makes sense with the story. The 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 A Force didn't make sense with the story. Uh, Captain Marvel, like I said, I think I said last week before I botched the episode, was basically <laughs> a better use of A Force to make a, a nice glorified cameo. I would have loved if they all the women in Marvel in that moment just kept helping Spider Man get to the goal. Like getting A Force getting him to Captain Marvel would have been a cool scene because they do that sequence where he's on a unicorn. He's helped by by uh, what's her name. But, but yeah, but no. Uh, no, it's not unicorn. It's no, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but what's the, what's her name? Uh, Pepper Potts' uh, persona, rescue. He's like you know, boosted. He's rescued by rescued. He's like all this. If it's like oh, then he's slung by Gamora, and then he's you know whatever, whatever. Like you know, if all if he would have just gotten a booster seat from A Force, that would have been okay or more organic. But it wasn't that either. It was more like. And it's like, look, here's our modeling poses. Even though I did love when the wasp just popped in there and, like, you know, said, I'm the wasp. I would argue it's a comic book entrance pose more than a Absolutely. pose. Absolutely. That, that entire 10 minutes of fan service, and I am talking every part of it, from climbing out of the rubble to the portals to the hammer, and we'll get to that in a minute. Mm. All of it. All of it is fan service, and, and that is pulling as many images as they can directly from the comics. I, I agree A-Force was underutilized. Um, I would have I would have loved it if it was just a chain of them and not Spider-Man. But bringing back the kill armor was a nice touch, reminding us that it's Tony's armor and that he's yeah. back in full Spider-Man mode. And he is one of the more nimble Avengers. Yeah. Um, that being said, I also think Ant-Man and Wasp, uh, Wasp especially, could have been used more in this movie as one of the founding Avengers from yeah. the original comic. I mean, it's, it's three hours and ten minutes. When they release the mega cut of these two movies together unedited. And each of us sits down with a bowl of popcorn, a bottle of whiskey, and a box of Kleenex. Yep. I think we'll get a little more in a couple more moments. But uh, I, got, I, got, I got something in my hand. What's this? something in your hand, which what means is it? time we have to uh, clink our next whiskey. Clinking. And for this one, we have to clink it, throw it on the ground, and shout, Another! Another! Because it is time to talk about lightning and thunder from down under. So what the, is this? The, wow. next, the next whiskey we have up is the Starward. This is an Australian oh, whiskey. What? The Starward. Okay, it's not Starward. No. Oh, he's not drunk. No. Okay. And it's not Star-Lord. Star-Lord. No. Right. Um, this is something I've actually been trying to acquire for myself for a little while because I get a lot of requests for it at the bar that I work for my full-time job. Um, this is Australian single malt made with Tasmanian barley. Because while they are normally a beer-drinking crowd, they have the physical space to actually grow crops and try some stuff out. 
And this is an Australian single malt whiskey finished in red wine barrels. Has the color it has. A little bit more color going on here. There's a little bit more uh, rosiness and robustness from the the savory red wine notes. Uh, It also really balances out the leathery nicely and gets a lot of wood into this whiskey. Is there anything particular about uh, Tasmanian barley, or is it just barley that's in Tasmania? Uh, I... Partly, it's it's just barley that is in Tasmania, and basically, you're taking the the nerdiness of French terroir, talking about how the the barrels and the grain and the water sources themselves are incorporated into the whiskey can actually affect the taste along the way. But mostly, it's the fact that that barley is probably its own separate series of strains because it's growing in different soil than North American or European barley. So the sprouting may happen a little bit differently where they're choosing to toast and roast it and turn that barley, uh, malting it and then turning it into fermentation and then turning it into distillate can be affected in the process because of the water that they're using during that. If anyways, the grain might have grown differently if it has already been hybridized or if they're intentionally using a hybridized grain strain for their breads and beers as well as whiskey can all affect the taste. I will admit I only have so much knowledge as I have to learn a lot about a lot of different types of whiskeys. I tend to focus on the broad categories and then get a chance to explore little bits here and there. But this one I've been hunting for a while and recently just managed to chase down. Uh, so I thought it would be appropriate as we continue on my... Uh, chronological revealing of the Avengers to bring in Thor uh, for this because Chris Hemsworth is of the Australian persuasion. It has initially a little bit of bite right away. Yes. Kind of like lightning in the mouth. So yeah, as, yeah. A, as a single malt under five years, this is going to have a lot of the representations of that spicy heat or bite that most people find with single malts. Uh, as Americans, we are used to drinking bourbon and in the last five to ten years, drinking a lot of rye. But unless you're intentionally already a fan of those things, you're probably not seeking single malts. So more, so like a raging fire, you would call this more of like a smoldering fire. Well, I like it in your mouth. As a crispy fire. A crispy. Because fire. I'm gonna keep on my my terribly hammered home metaphors. Very good. For Thor. Very good. Is, is it hammered because of Thor, or hammered because we've been drinking? It's called wordplay. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. let's talk about what they do with Thor. I'll go first. Sorry. My f- one of my favorite storylines in the MCU has been this arc. This arc and not just uh, including Dark World and and First Thor and every like everything. Every No, no. Round of Thor better than Dark World. No, no, no. no. Dark How dare you? It made Dark World better, which yes. is impressive. Yes. Yeah, no, something that uh, yeah. the screenwriters addressed within this one because they ended up working on Dark World. Uh they worked on the all the Captain Americas. Uh, they wanted to revisit some of the movies that may not have gotten a lot of love. Mm-hmm. All, the Age, sec- of Age of Ultron, uh, Thor of the Dark World, the Captain America First Avenger are all things that they touch base on. And you'll look at in a little bit of a different light having seen this movie. Pretty dope. They also uh, made Thor really fucking depressed. Yeah, no, it, it's an amazing... I, I want to thank Marcus and McFeely for giving fanboys everywhere a chance to not have to try so hard with costumes this year for Comic-Con. <laughs> oh my god, yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm I, just going to keep growing my beard out. It's, it was, seeing Fat Thor was a true happy moment for me. That was terrific. I love that because it, 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 it what, what, a, what the fad is now, what it should be the norm is like, you know, he doesn't have to have. He doesn't need to be shirtless and with a six pack to be was. the. Yeah, he, he exactly. He, but he didn't have to have a six pack and look like the way you do to be the god of fucking thunder. Well, let's look at let's look at his uh, the elder statesman of Asgard. 
Odin and uh, what's this fucking Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins, Odin. There, there's a history within the Asgardians of there's some beefy, beefy boys who have taken care of business yeah. and uh, not looked like Thor. Sure, but Winston is uh, Volstag. There we go, Volstag. But also, uh, Thor is 1500 years old, which would make Odin what? Old as fuck, which means, and, and he's also white bearded and old, so which means that who knows what he looked like in his prime. Odin Prime must have been horrible of a conqueror. He's like a Genghis Khan motherfucker, probably. In my heart, Odin Prime is still Ian McShane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like that poll. That's really that good. Movie. Yeah. I'd watch the fuck out of that movie. Yeah. Deadwood. Deadwood and American Gods. And John Wick. Oh, and John Wick. Most things as the that guy's creepy and knowledgeable. And, and to the Caribbean, I forget which one makes me money now. And the one cameo in Game of Thrones where he plays a nice person yes, for an entire episode. And then he's hung. <laughs> well, most of the characters in Game of Thrones are hung. We see way too many dicks. Exactly. <laughs> too many or just enough to party. There he is. The whiskey's making me gay for the episode and the lure. That, that being said, again, back a little bit back to Thor. Um, having having Thor uh, in the storyline of uh, Infinity War, with all the trauma, all the horrible things that happened to him, to then pick up a new axe that was made by the di- by the energy of a dying star, to then go and hit Thanos and fail, and then everything goes to shit, and then he goes back and it's failure again. Like his whole life. After he's, you know, been established as an Avenger, has been a constant decline. Like, the woman he loved, that's done for. The mother, killed. His father, dies. His sister, a horrible person. Yeah, it didn't work out with Padme, and Hela was an asshole, and Loki, super dickish, and his father, kind of like, you know, hey, uh, I'm gonna go die now. And now he has to save the world, he fails. So yes, I totally understand... What happened to him? His decline was the best. I, I also love the nod to the comics after Asgard had ended up um, over, what is it, I think the state of Ohio in the comic books, where Asgard was kind of transported because of a Ragnarok. It's in Ohio in the comic? I, I could be totally wrong. I know it just basically is a floating city over a large, fairly empty state. Ooh, like Magneto's Island. Yes. Uh and and I think putting putting as much of the survivors of Asgard as they could on this little coastal town was a great way to set up the potential for if they do bring him back. And it looks like he's going to want to come yeah. back now, especially after Taika had so much fun with Ragnarok, that you can play with a couple different storylines, whether you're taking him with the Guardians of the Galaxy out into space and playing around with that fun. If you are... I, I'm still holding out hope for the entire Guardians 3 being all about the Guardians uh, 3000. Mm. Being that whole setup from the original, which was a time traveling team anyway. Wait, would you love it three thousand? I would love it three thousand. Absolutely, I would. Yes, yeah, good pull. Right there, good pull. Maybe that'll um, be the title of the, of the movie. But but also the. He's dead. Listen, that's his actual line that he uses with his family. I know. Time travel, time travel, and alternate universes, multiverses. It could happen. There are there are possibilities. The only way it's gonna the only way it's gonna happen it's gonna be with Doctor Bruce Banner in a computer with his friend Doctor Reed Richards. That's the only way it's gonna fucking happen. All right, let's pause for a second. <laughs> now that we have had two comments, one one being an Iron Man two, a little dot off the coast of Africa, uh-huh. and this comment about underwater earthquakes, 
they are clearly setting up Namor, which means they're fighting to get the rights back. And if they're bringing in Namor, sequentially, that means they we are going to... Oh, they, they do? Do they officially now? I forget. I want to say that was part of the Fox deal, but there is... Namor, also... is, Namor is considered Fox Umbrella with because of FF? Yeah, FF, yeah. Yeah. That means we have to start talking about Fantastic Four. And we have to start talking about casting for Fantastic Four. John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. Yeah. Now, see, I have recently been introduced to this theory, and I'm okay with it. because it makes sense! John, John Krasinski, I did not realize how close he was to being Captain America. And, uh, me neither. And, uh, yeah, I, didn't, was... I didn't think of John Krasinski being a good Captain America. Not, not when I saw oh, even... Captain. No, no, I'm aware. Oh. But like even when I saw bits of Jack Ryan, uh, the only time where it made sense to me was actually yesterday. When I saw him on lip sync battle, and weirdly enough, that made me go, yeah, that guy could get the humor of it. Not that he can't get humor. No, 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 no. It's the weirdly I am straight manning doing a silly thing, mm-hmm. which he kind of knows in the office, but it's a different flavor. Go watch the lip sync battle with John Krasinski. It's as magical as the Tom Holland, but a different flavor. I will say that. Okay. Oh, you are going very gay today. The, it's 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 to me it's a but my my theory is that it's abundantly clear that a quiet place is the resume for Sue Storm and Reed Richards. Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah, you're not wrong. Which is which is why it, what, when somebody put it out to me, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm sense. I'm behind this now. But then that brings us to who plays the ever loving blue eyed thing, mm-hmm. and who plays Doctor Doom, and who plays Johnny. Johnny, here's the thing. Matt Johnny Bomer. can still go a couple. Matt Bomer is Dr. Oh, let's get Michael P. Jordan. Wait, no, let's get Chris Evans. Never mind. It's a hard cast. No, no, it no. Is... Matt Bomer to play Dr. Doom. Not Matt, Bomer, Matt Bomer, Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer currently playing Mr. Negative, but he was uh, oh. Magic Mike. Um, if you watched USA, it, what was the name of the show? White Collar. White Collar, yeah. Um, Are oh, you... speaking of Magic Mike, get, a, get a, what's his name? Um, Joe Manganiello. Thank you. To play the thing? Yeah. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Not a, okay. Not okay. a bad pull. Okay. Not okay. a bad pull. Not a bad pull. Out of all the Magic Mike casts. Uh, yeah. Is is there someone that I want more from the Met? Kevin Nash, maybe? You don't want Janet. No. No. You want Joe Manganiello. Who doesn't love that guy? I don't know. Ron Perlman. Having experience with heavy makeup from Hellboy, I would love... They can digitally do the shrinking or whatever to make him a little bit more stockier and shorter. Sure. But Ron Perlman has the build and the, pun intended, gravelly voice to pull off Ben Grimm. But he's 600 years old. He's old as the devil's dick. That's that's one thing. Also, I think to, to portray Marvel's first family, you need to find a cast of four people that you automatically like. Yeah, and exactly. getting those two leads, you already have a leg up because wh- whoever, if you don't like... John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, it's because you're blind or you're the devil. Yeah. Um, so so to get somebody to play Johnny Storm in the thing has to be equal amounts of just like, of course! Yes. I love these guys. Charm and familiarity. You have to love them. And John Manuel, uh, Manuel. They've tried Fantastic Four at least twice now. Three times. Three times. I know, but I'm not, I'm we counting. We don't talk about Fan4Stick. Fan4Stick. Uh, and also the Roger Corman. Yeah, four times. The one that was buried like the Star Wars Christmas special non-existent. That was so bad. Oh, yeah. What I'm saying is it's not really worked yet. It hasn't because of casting and just forcing storylines and destroying Galactus. But what if the fan fourth time is the charm? It's the uh, fan fifth. Swish. So, okay, cast. Okay, so Joe Manuel, anybody else for Ben Grimm? Anyone else for Ben Grimm? Oh. That's the thing, right? Yes. Kiefer Sutherland. 
Kiefer Sutherland. Interesting wow. poll. Johnny Storm. Johnny. I don't know. That's a hard one. It's a hard one. Grant Gustin. Who? Grant Gustin. Uh, the Flash. Flash. Uh, TV series current Flash. TV yes. series Flash. You can't do it. Legally, you can't do it. Yeah, you can. No, legally, you can't do it. It's not the same murky territory as Fox Disney. She's right. Wait, wait, wait. In what world can they not do that? There's so much DC uh, Marvel crossover. Are not we... when you're the title character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like so many seasons. And not when you're about to become the head flagship show because Arrow's closing, which means Barry's going to take over yeah. as the... Legally, it will not yeah, happen. It's not going to happen. I call bullshit. But I like that idea. Yeah. I like that. What about Zach Efron? Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the same eye color as uh, Emily Blunt. Just dye his hair blonde, and it's not horrible because he's not a ter. I I personally have seen three movies with with this guy, and I know that he's not terrible. We're fucking missing it. We're fucking missing. Go it. go go! And until until Shazam's sequel comes out and it's confirmed, Dwayne Johnson could play Ben Grimm. Sure. Yeah. 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 That makes yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. But but okay. Truth be told, think about this. Would Dwayne Johnson? have the gravitas to show the relationship between Reed Richards and Ben Grimm. Yes. Have you seen 100%. Southland Tales? Shut up. No, I haven't. It's great. <laughs> yes, he can. 100%. Yeah. Okay. That was early career so run. Can we go back Do you to watch Thor Ballers? for a second? Yes. Let's no, go back I don't. to Thor. Yes. Yeah. We gotta move on. Yeah, we gotta sorry. move on. Um, personally, I said this last episode that got botched. Um, it's okay. I don't blame I, I said it already. <laughs> um, I did not like Thor until Thor Ragnarok. I found him to be so boring and but when thor ragnarok happened i don't know who did it but i was like yes now I could. well i think it was also chris hensworth too because i think he Taika. also yeah no i get it i got it it's what's his name again Taika Waititi. okay great one more time Taika Waititi. okay a little bit quieter <laughs> okay so for me Thor Ragnarok, I would see three or four more of those films. And for me personally, with Endgame and seeing him go to the Big Lebowski area, I think he's a brilliant comedic actor. I think he does a really good job at what he does and handling depression. And humor is just a great way to handle depression. A lot of people use it as their, uh, what do you want to call it? Their wall, their coping mechanism. There you go. Um, What are you talking about? Shut up. I know, right? I know, right? Um, So for me, I'm... Thoroughly excited for an Asgardians of the Galaxy to happen. Yes. I think that's great. Putting him and Chris Pratt together is great. And with Rocket and with... Uh, there's anything that's going to beat Avengers Endgame at the box office. It will be that one. <laughs> It'll be that one, which is why I go back to saying, I don't know if I need solo films anymore in the sense of like, yeah, sure, for introductory purposes, fine. But if I've had characters before, I want to see more team-ups now because I've had 22 films. Well, how many of them are solo? How many of them? A lot, a lot. I don't think, I don't, there's there's never, uh, the formula has been made where it's just like we have, MCU has has perfected the idea of multi-issued miniseries in in the Marvel comics into movie versions, which means that Ultimate Marvel Marvel team-ups, the What If series, all these things can happen. Uh, A what uh, What If Punisher Kills a Marvel Universe could be a movie because fuck it. Just go off the deep end. Get out of the box. We don't need a Iron Man 4. We don't need Avengers 5. We don't need a Black Widow movie. I'm sorry, Brendan. I, mean, um, I will agree with that. Like, 
At least with Captain, at least what I like about what they did with the Captain America films is that they started off solo with him, and then even for his second one, they had Avengers in it as well. And even for the third one, they put even more fucking Avengers in it, and then you know, then then he's over. But Dude. like, I like the growth of like. We, we see all these characters, put them in multiple movies together. Maybe it's central focused on one character, like, for instance, Thor Ragnarok still had the Hulk in it. It was great. It had Loki put back in it, which we were all so familiar with. That was great. It was still a Thor film. It was hella good. It was so funny. I think it's probably my favorite one, and I love Guardians, the first Guardians movie. Love the first Guardians movie. Second one, meh. But, uh, but an ass Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. I'm there. Day one. Day one, I am there. I'm sorry, Patrick. No, no, I was, I was snapping along because I appreciate the pun. I'm don't nodding. Do that. I'm that still thinking. I, I think in my head, I'm coming up with nine solo films, and everything else can pretty much be discredited as group or solo film with way too many cameos shoehorned for. Are any of these solo films an X Men character? Oh, no, I was talking about the previous 22. Oh, okay, cop. I'd love to bring in an X Men character. Um, however. What's your MCU solo X-Men character movie? Patrick, before we go to our last drink? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think, I think finding an heir to the throne for Wolverine is going to be important for the cash cow that is. Uh, I don't think they'll pull an old man Logan storyline in the MCU just, just to milk Hugh Jackman one more time. Yeah, you got the perfect version of it in color and in black and white. I know. And we, but, but why not make more money? It's never stopped anybody. No. Make a rogue movie now, and that's what happens. Why don't we just oh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull this shit? Talk about the Gambit movie for a second. Oh, oh yeah, canceled. <laughs> no, no. You did you see my face? Uh, so I saw this at like two o'clock in the morning, and I found the perfect opportunity to create the David Caruso gift and say that this movie just wasn't in the cards. Uh, Thank you, all three. Uh, and with that, we and are on to our second to last whiskey. Um, Wait, is this the last one? This is, this is the second to last whiskey. Okay. Because you asked me to bring seven, you monster. I'm a monster. <laughs> no, Thanos is. Go ahead. He is not a monster. Oh, by the way, that's the fan theory. theory. Okay, so if they're going to bring in Galactus, the fan theory is that Thanos... With, like, arms and legs, right? Not like a cloud of shit. Sure, whatever. If they're going to bring in... pronounced shit cloud. <laughs> So the fan theory out there is that Thanos was actually trying to save the universe because he knew Galactus was coming, and if he snapped his fingers in half, the population died, it would stop Galactus from being attracted to one planet or the other because Galactus is attracted to the most populated planet. Kevin Feige, get out of that asshole. No way. Uh, that's just the fan theory out there, which would make, in a sense, Thanos' mission heroic? No. No. Fuck it. No. Right, fine, Patrick. Well, yeah, I mean. Well, to continue on this theory. Patrick, I, what corn juice is this? <laughs> I No, no. I want to hear I want to hear her out, but I also think that I think that they need to go smaller again. Now that they've gone so big scale, they need to provide motivation for the next team of Avengers to assemble. And that has to be a home planet only, visible, constructed, tangible threat. House of M. Oh, no, I'm 100% on board for either Doctor Doom or, depending on how they want to do it, and I hate that I'm saying this out loud, Kang the Conqueror. Oh, wow. Because if they go the time travel... Never would have gone there. 
it is something that Carol can't fix by punching it, and it gives her a challenge for the Tony Stark hubris comparison to go through in the first team up movie. Do you think Kang? But Kang, Kang could be a character a la Baron Zemo, and just kind of like underground, like keep it really under wraps, pretty cool, harmless almost. Well, and of but course, essential. it has been delightful to see most of my theories that have been simmering for the last year or so, com- uh, mostly smashed to pieces okay. over the course of. Um, Endgame. So I'm willing to admit that whatever they have planned, they, they've probably already started working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think it would be very, very satisfying. The, uh, there were very few things that weren't satisfying when I was surprised with all of the things that my fan brain thought were going to happen with this movie. Right. In terms of which stones, who was going to go for what, how the team broke down, how the team got stuff handled. Beheading Thanos early on in the movie, ballsy fucking choice, and it made me riveted yeah. to see what happened next because I was expecting it to be like this huge build up to an hour long fight where you saw him for the first time in the entire movie like Joker level non-existence in the movie right. until the end so I am I am on board with how they're doing things because they know exactly how to structure against fan folks like us mm-hmm. I like oh, the idea of Galactus because it ties into the Eternals though and that might be a little bit more on the money well, I mean, and again, this is a, it's actually more of my brother that really wants Galactus. He also was one of those people that were pissed that Adam Warlock was not in in-game because they teased Adam Warlock and he was like, Adam Warlock and Thanos are like together like this. And I was like, I don't care, but it's fine. Um, so he's hoping that Adam Warlock will get involved with Galactus because, again, at the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they, they teased Adam Warlock. So you know that's coming. Okay, so revised response. If that's potentially where it's going, then I think we're going to get an Avengers team up with a small villain, and then we're going to get the Infinity Watch dropped on us after Guardians 3, and the Guardians are going to fail, and that's what brings the Guardians and the Infinity Watch, Guardians slash Infinity Watch and the Avengers team that becomes assembled somewhere in like 2025, 2026 to tackle Galactus. That is so far from now. Not for them. It's going to be that quick. Ooh. Really? Really? The snap? It's going to be that quick. The, the wow. Um, okay, cast this. Sorry. Corn water descriptions. Uatu. Stanley. Just old footage of Stanley saying nothing. Right. <laughs> okay. Uatu. Uatu was. He, there was a cameo of Watchers, right? In what movie? In what movie? Um, uh, it was. Guardians. Guardians two or. It was Guardians two. It was Guardians two. Uh, yeah, they shot. They shot by him when he was dragging. With the, when when Ego Watch. was dragged. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and. Quickly, before we move on, cast Galactus quickly. You need someone who can say so much with a very distinct voice. So a British actor. No, I was going to say Morgan Freeman. Oh! Get, get someone whose face does not need to be shown to impose entirely through vocals. And then let them do some mocap on a green screen after they've already filmed the big stuff. To give the subtleties. That's the quietest we've ever been all afternoon. I mean, Tom Morgan Freeman also, is good. He'll be dead by the time we get to Galactus. Yeah, I love so, him dearly. So will Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I mean, I feel like even though he's already in the MCU, Idris Elba has a good voice. Yeah, he does. And he's younger, so therefore, like, he's not kind of. So, so, so we're insinuating that even though Galactus hasn't really made a debut in films, let's just put it out, you know. In the next ten years, we're going to see Galactus in the MCU. We are. But we're we're looking we're looking at it voice wise uh-huh. as as uh, which yeah. which I never thought as like 
Ooh, the one the one characteristic that defined him. I was joking. It it's some, it was something more than just also stature, but because he's huge, but also stature just like what actor would look the part that you can just put that helmet on. Here's the thing: Galactus is just a square mouth that moves, mm-hmm. and then eyeballs, which are usually either glowing or Keanu. Jamie Lannister. <laughs> Keanu. Fuck it. Keanu. We need to keep going. Right. Ian McShane again. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, Patrick, so let's, what do we let's, have here? let's get back to the whiskey. Um, there we go. Is this the last one? Uh, second, six, second to last one. Oh, again, right. we spent too much time talking about it. Oh, sorry. So too, much, this, too much fun. This does not have to be slammed because we are switching. Actually, I think this is the first one in the collection that is American. This is all-American, salt of the earth. Uh, nuclear family, Mr. Clint Barton. I have picked the Woodford oh, Reserve. Do- oh, sorry. Well, no, that's single malt. Okay, so yeah. second American one, mm-hmm. but first bourbon there in the flight. Um, because to me, Clint does not give a fuck what our whiskey selection is. He's just going to shoot some bourbon and go back to doing what he's doing. So sequentially, since in the middle of Thor, we get the teensiest, tinesiest love for Hawkeye up in the crow's nest, or the hawk's nest, I chose a bourbon. Uh, this is Woodford Double Oak, so this is uh, the Woodford bourbon that has been toasted. Uh, a secondary barrel has been toasted so that you are slowly, slowly, slowly getting the wood in the right conditions and warmed up for the oils to be primed on the inside coating, and then throwing the whiskey in a second barrel so that it absorbs some more of that woodiness, some more of the caramel, and a lot of that chocolate malt taste from the 10% malted barley going into the mash bill. So this is, yes, very, very heavy on the corn front, as he says, corn juice. Corn juice. Um, Can't go wrong with that. Uh, but when I'm when I'm thinking of whiskeys for people, I was like, well, Clint is a bourbon guy. He he doesn't care about like long sippers or the fanciest whiskey. He's not easily represented by a whiskey because he's probably off just doing shit. Um, you know, it's funny, Patrick. When when I saw Woodford, I thought of Captain America because of the same reasons you mentioned Clint. Like everything is oh, all American. Hard debate, and we'll yeah. get to the, we'll get to this with the last whiskey. I had a very hard time debating whether I should go meta or completely true to the character, mm-hmm. and kind of skewed through the middle the whole way through on these on these whiskeys. No, no, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it because, but then also the because because I could argue that the 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 impetus to choose that for Clint, then that means that Clint could have been maybe a Jack Daniels because he wouldn't care. But I totally understand why you picked it. But also, I was like. I can't wait for Captain America's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That being said. Cheers. So, so let's talk about... Let's uh, talk about Hawkeye. Hawkeye, let's... so he wasn't in the last movie. And he opens this one. Yeah. And his family gets dusted. Yeah, that was a pretty great scene. That it, was... It is rough. Even though you... I saw, like, once the, the scene started, I was like, oh, this is going to be so sad. <laughs> I, you knew right away. I this is... Yeah, like this yeah. is gonna be horrible. We we make movies, yeah. we make TV, we know structure, no, and cool. and we knew that this was about to be real fucking sad. Yeah. Um, Literally, you finish Endgame, you watch the ending of Ant Man, and then you start that, and it's like you have a full sequence of everything yep. that's happening right now. Yep, that one big ass four hour fucking movie. brutal. Um, and then he goes crazy. He goes Ronan. Understandably crazy. Yeah. Understandably and justifiably crazy and starts 
being full-on murderous vigilante as Ronan, and is just fucking shit up, including his hairstyle. Fucking... Dope haircut. Oh, the the dopest. Um, in that he must have been on dope to get that haircut. Um, I thought Jer- Jeremy Renner was fucking great in this movie. As I said, I really loved his scene with the Red Skull and Scarlett Johansson. I loved Murderous Clint. I love that he was actually a lot more active. And when he had the Infinity Gauntlet and was fucking running with it, I was like, cool, this is terrifying. You are a human being and very vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he frequently is a maligned character in the comic books for a long time. because he's And, and they make fun of it in a, oh, yeah. Age of Ultron, which is the best part to me for this character. He's like, kid, I've got a stick and I throw other sticks at magic aliens shooting alien beams at me. None of this makes sense. sense. And that was when I I had faith that no matter how silly it was, they were always going to do him right. Because I've, I've like, I grew up reading comics in the nineties, sitting in my cousin's closet, just looking through piles of books and reading whatever issues he had. Mm -hmm. So West coast Avengers was a thing. And I was like, okay, so it's another team. And I was like, okay, so there's this guy, you know, kind of like Green Arrow. You do the, you, we all make the jokes. Hawkeye is the butt of so many of those jokes, even on SNL when Jeremy Renner did it. Yeah. But to, to bring some of, like, some of this stuff in for his bigger arcs, uh, I honestly, I was 100% convinced at the start. I, again, didn't know where the teams were going for the stones. When they figured out the teams and I, I got to the point where I realized he was going to Vormir, I was like, okay, this is the perfect parallel to Avengers Disassembled in the early 2000s where Hawkeye is unceremoniously killed and is just basically forgotten. How perfect is it going to be to have him, who is so torn by grief, sacrifice himself to make sure that his family lives? Mm -hmm. We have just watched the Murder Hobos trail as the best D&D adventure I want to go see. Yep. Landing in Japan with a completely unappreciated... I forget the character actor's name, but that guy... Yeah. Who is the Yakuza boss. He, wasn't he in uh, The Wolverine? Yes. Yeah, he was. Yeah, um, yeah. Wasn't I, he... Uh, he was the samurai at the end, wasn't he? Uh, one of... The, he was... Uh, wasn't he the silver he was, samurai? He was the older guy in the chair, not the... I think the no, he was the younger guy. Yeah. In the, su- in the suit before the older guy. he's named for Mariko's father in terms of Wolverine characters, but then did kind of take on the full suity stuff, yes. Okay. Sorry for the tangent. I think the I think the younger character was actually named for the Silver Samurai. I could be wrong. Uh, Who cares? That third act sucked. We'll get into a fight about how I prefer Cyclops to Wolverine later because I feel like that's a good discussion. Who doesn't love Cyclops? Oh Cyclops was right, goddammit. Scott Summers is the best. Anyways. Um, I'll get along great in this room for the next podcast then when yeah. we get around to X-Men. Um, uh, Clint going full Ronin, I thought it would be awesome to redeem and so fucking tragic. Once, once everybody in my theater at 6.30 on Thursday realized... Oh, they're on Vormir. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was I literally just became attached to my chair mm-hmm. because I sat there and I already played out in what? 5 seconds what that fight was going to be like and it was even better because they were using all of their normal tools against each other right. because they were best friends. And it was the same thing I had feared was going to happen or predicted was going to happen with Cap and Tony, but it was more powerful to me that it was Clint and Natasha. And so I was sitting there fully prepared to be like, Clint's got to sacrifice himself. And I was like, and maybe the Hawkeye show is just flashbacks or Budapest or, or something. Yeah. yeah. And then the movie went down the way it did. And I was like, oh, oh. Patrick, you got to think about it. What's a better action figure? The girl with the bruises and the guns or a guy with a shit ton of cool arrows? Are we selling to boys or girls? We're selling to people. 
that like cool characters with I weapons. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I think Black Widow, they developed a series of weapons, and the comics have always had her with the sniper rifle or yeah. the, the arm gadgets. I think that could go both ways. Sure. Um, I also, while I grieve over the loss of Natasha, mm-hmm. it gives me the chance to get a little bit more street-level Hawkeye, Matt Fraction writing with... Jeremy Renner just having a ball going, yeah, which I can't do shit, guys. Which they're doing on Disney+. Plus. We're yes. Yeah, Disney+, part... Plus. I am 100% on board because if they are pulling mm. Kate and Clint, it's going to definitely heavily pull from my favorite comic arc, which is actually the same writing team that Iron Fist tried to pull from for season one and successfully started to pull into for season two. Mm. Um, Fraction you... did yeah, Fraction, Iron Fraction Fist? did Immortal Iron Fist well, and introduced the idea fuck. that there are multiple fists for, dif- for the different clients. <laughs> We can we can learn about that all day. Hawkeye's gonna get shat on constantly in that TV show. 100%, it's gonna be amazing. And then he's gonna he's gonna team up with Deadpool. You'll see. But because the Russians own one of the other buildings in Brooklyn and they pick a fight with him, picture the guy from Barry picking fights with Clint. Wait, you mean Barry? Barry. Um, Bill yes. Hader? Uh, no. Um, oh, the bald guy. The bald guy from Victor Zaz. Yes, yeah. basically. Yeah. No, he is Victor Zaz. That's right. Oh, yeah. my, oh we're gonna mm, yeah. got him. Deep. I hate that show. Deep cut. Deep cuts. Anyway. Yep. Clint, it's a longie. Clint, painful, wonderful, struggling. Also some really, really great moments. And I wanted a good bourbon for that. Mm-hmm. And with that, we are on to our final motherfucking whiskey. I'll just do my two cents about Clint. Because again, they forgot about the girl I'm in the world. I'm so row. sorry. It's fine. It's totally fine. I like tangents. It's fine. Um... So Hawkeye, I don't really have much to say except for I always thought he was a good actor. Didn't really, ca- I never really thought Hawkeye was a good actor. What about Jeremy Renner, who played him? Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Renner. That's what I meant. Oh, he's a good actor. Um, I was happy to see because I thought when they went to that scene where Black Widow dies, I was like, oh, it's Hawkeye that's dying, obviously, because it's the least favorable character out of the two of them. And then when she died, I was like, oh, good for you, movie. And that's honestly what I felt. It's like, oh, good for you, movie. While everyone else is like getting emotional. I'm like, oh, that was good. That was great. I like that. Like, and that's the extent of my emotional reaction to Black Widow died. Brain matter, Bevan. There was brain matter in that death scene. It was horrible. Yeah. No other character had brain matter. But again, it goes back to, I already know that we're getting a Black Widow movie. So it's like, oh, we're not. No. Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately we are. I was like, oh, no. Am I never going to see her again? Darn. The same thing with, actually, it would have been the same thing with Hawkeye. It would have been like, are we getting a, a Hawkeye, like, TV show? Anyways, moving on. What's Keep the- him. He's funny. Go last ahead, Patrick. Whiskey. Last whiskey. Uh, the last whiskey represents Captain America, the first Avenger, the last solo film before the Avengers. Um, and I'm going to squirt a little bit of water into this because this is a really tasty whiskey. Um, but it does brighten up a little bit, and one will get more vanilla notes when drinking this. Uh, this is the Shackleton whiskey. Um, for any of my friends who have been brought over to this podcast for the episode because they know I like talking about whiskeys, you've probably heard me rant way too much about the Shackleton, but for those who haven't, uh, Sir Ernest Shackleton went on an expedition in 1907 to explore the Antarctic, and the ship started getting locked into the ice, so they had to abandon their foothold cabin for mapping out the Antarctic and sail back to basically go, hey, we fucked up, can't do it. Um, and... Then they, when they abandoned the cabin, what happened was it got forgotten about. There were notes and charts and bottles of whiskey. And in 2000, I believe, six, a New Zealand wildlife expedition, basically, from what I'm to understand, kind of fell through the snow into this cabin that would have been buried under the ice. 
So since we're buried under the ice for Captain America, it makes sense that we are buried under the ice for the Shackleton whiskey. 2006, the New Zealand Wildlife Expedition finds it, figured out what it is based on the notes and the charts left in the cabin, brings it back to the British Historical Museum, who then over the course of, I think, four or five years, scientifically reconstructs a dead single malt that doesn't get made anymore from a distillery that shuttered its doors and the farm doesn't even grow the barley, and cloned a blend of different whiskeys to taste like a 10-year single malt from 100 years ago. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this whiskey. Okay. Uh, some of the originals uh, of that first series can go for like 15000 a bottle because there are still a few bottles not in the British Historical Museum. Some of those bottles that were open for science to create the taste blend have been put into exclusive release versions. This, however, is a little bit more common and accessible. It's under 50 bucks. It's a very drinkable bottle. And still gets all the story done because this is the full clone. So this is the science laboratory. This is Cap in 19, what is it, 39, 41. This is Cap under Erskine's lab. Right. This is, this is the super soldier single oh, malt. The super soldier single malt. Nice. Uh, yeah. No, I managed to tie it all together when I was picking my whiskey, so I, I wanted to have something fun. So this is a Bravo. nice, nice drinkable single malt to finish with Cap. Talk to us about your feelings about Cap. I like Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, obviously, to nobody's shocker or surprise, when he gets the hammer, spoiler alert, it was it was pretty awesome. It was pretty great. Um, I will say I'm probably the minority in the room where I was like, oh, I see. So Cap goes to Tony and says, hey, I know you're happy, but can you make us happy as well and, like, sacrifice yourself to, like, help bring everybody back? Because Tony had moved on, found a family. It was really cute. A little girl named Morgan. It was great. Um, Cap getting a happy ending at the end, I was very up and down about because I was like, oh, I see Cap. So you can go and have a happy ending and a family and it's all okay? It's all okay? It's fine. Um, Do you think it's actually a happy ending? You don't know. He was pretty mum about what's his happening. He grew old. And yeah. He, ha- he was married. You know who also grew old? Logan. And look at how happy his life turned out right. to be. Yes, but he seemed happy at the end. When he was handing off his shield, he's like a little old Stanley. He's like, oh, look, here's the... I'm going to pass on the torch. It was fine. I'm just saying. It's like, okay, Cap, you can go get your happy ending after you ask Tony. It's fine. Um, no, I always liked uh, Chris Evans as Captain America. I I thought he was a terrible Johnny Storm, or maybe I just didn't care about those movies, but I thought he worked in terms of Captain America. Again, kind of a bland character to me, kind of the way I feel about Superman. When you're flawless, I'm bored. When you have some sort of relatability to it, I'm more interested, which is why I think Winter Soldier was a really good movie. Uh, Captain America Civil War... There were some problems I had with it, but I at least liked that Cap was getting just more and more of like a different personality kind of thing. But I really enjoyed the hammer. That's my feelings on Chris Evans as Captain America. Uh, Captain America, I think, was one of the two ten poles of this movie. And honestly, uh, I think carried a lot of the emotional weight of this. I marked out, freaked out, lost my shit when he got Mjolnir. Uh, I felt that was appropriate. Mm-hmm. I felt Chris Evans acted his face off. I feel uh, th- my most patriotic self at America's ass even more than I do at most things of America. Mm-hmm. Makes my heart soar red, white, and blue, goddammit. And honestly, that final moment, I think, is just so beautifully executed. I I cannot think 
the Russos, Marcus, McFeely, the whole gang enough for making this fucking happen. Mm. I thought the way these two major characters intersected, crossed paths, and told both sides of this story to show about what it is to be a hero, not only within the scope of the world, but even within your own life, it was fucking gorgeous. So I liked it. Much like I like the Shackleton whiskey with a little bit of water, little pluggerooski. Hire the bar rover. We will, we will have photos, I assume, with the podcast that you can see the whiskeys we're talking about and go looking for them. Uh, everything, I think, except for the graduate dram is available in the States. And uh, if you want the graduate dram, go to fucking Edinburgh. Do it. Do it. And then just quickly, I just to be on uh, my, my take on Captain America, I totally agree on what, everything you said, mm-hmm. so I'll leave it at that. I think, yeah, Chris Evans' best performance, actually, as the actor. Uh, Cap's most compelling story storyline uh yeah he was he was my favorite part of endgame uh out of even though thor was awesome thor is an overall arc whereas it's like captain america this was his to me that was his movie followed by tony stark that the 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 button on the end was perfect and i think it'll be very hard to get over the fact that if we ever get a steve a young steve rogers it won't be chris evans playing it i have that more feels for that than for getting a new actor to play tony stark because of endgame where it's just like i think tony stark is a state of mind whereas a captain america kind of embodied state of mind and the physical aspects of this character perfectly he's so beautiful uh with that i i have been pondering quite a bit the balance between Cap and Tony from the start of the MCU, mm-hmm. from the well, from the, for the start of the Avengers arc, let's say, F- the amount of confrontation from the very first, you're a, you're a man in a tin suit, take that away, what are you? Mm-hmm. There's always been conflict between them, and so for them to unite at their own peril, knowing that one, if not both of them, was not coming back from this mission was huge it was satisfying even though it was somber and i i feel like we spent as much time with chris evans in this that we did with tony stark in the other one Mm -hmm. i think they very intentionally created a lot of balance i however did spend a good portion of that giant battle sequence at the end going yeah but how much of this will hold up as an individual film at the end and the answer is, is it can't this movie was about the culmination of these two arcs and that that is always going to be the final argument for, for naysayers and for positive speakers. There's a conditional. The conditional is 21 movies. But, but that's... that's that, 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 uh, 21 movies, the, you can't see The Return of the King without seeing The Two Towers. Because you're not going to care of... Yeah, you're not going to care of Aragorn's uh, ascension to becoming who he is if you don't watch the first three. So, yeah, naysayers can say, yeah, you cannot watch Endgame and just Endgame. You can't. You have to read every issue. You can't read the Onslaught saga, just read the ending without seeing what the fuck happened between Legion, Professor Charles Xavier, and Magneto. You just can't. I would look, as technology advances, I think it could be really fun for Marvel to use technology to create little pop-up windows like YouTube does instead of where Stan Lee used to put the comics annotations about which issues to read. If they could provide links in our future Netflix overlords about, want to know what happened with this character that they're referring to in this two minutes of scene? Go see issue blank. That could be really, really fun to help 
bring that around for the naysayers and for those who don't necessarily come in seeing every movie. I was actually a little surprised on my Facebook, the number of people I know who had not seen every movie between either uh, Civil War and this, or sometimes even like Avengers 1 and this movie. And that's so, okay, so. You don't miss much though. I know, I heard I didn't miss much, which is why I didn't bother. I really liked Captain Marvel, but I also understand that because they were basically filming the two at the same time, that's why we didn't see much of Carol or Fury in this movie. Mm-hmm. So my, my director-producer brain went, oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. But I, th- I think it's very interesting to, to watch a movie that we will love and praise for such a long time, but also 100% acknowledge that it is based on the weight of all the things that have come before sure. it. But can can anybody say, oh yeah, Dark Knight Rises? I didn't see the other two, but I loved it. I I, I kind of like it. Doesn't make sense. No, you hated Dark. I don't mean I'm not a fan either. I'm not a fan of Dark Knight Rises. This this taught me the importance of appreciating what the directors want to accomplish, regardless of our fanboyisms. Sure. Or fangirlisms. Someone got the movie he wanted. Yes. Yeah. Well, he made the movie he yeah. wanted. He yeah. he gave us the trilogy he saw. Right. Which is it was a hard thing to swallow. Yeah. And and I think that. Moving forward, while the internet, hmm, while the internet has bullied Sonic the Hedgehog into changing itself, I think for Star Wars, for the Avengers, and for Batman, there have to be concessions that this is one person's artistic view for these things. Mm-hmm. Which is why I would love to have a fight with you about Man of Steel because I love Zack Snyder, but I hate those movies. Next time. Next time. And with that, uh, we're gonna. Yeah, we want to so thank the bar over, Patrick, for coming in. Uh, Patrick, what's uh, where where the fuck can we find you? Book you? Follow you? Uh, I am on Instagram and Facebook as the Bar Rover. Um, I'm also on uh, Twitter as at Pat Marin, uh, and you can also find out information on my website, patrickmarin.com, for uh, theatrical and bar related things, and barrover.weebly.com. Uh, a page that I'm continuing to update because I do private tastings and stuff. So there will be more photos, explanations of what I do, but. Right now, I'm a one-man operation that eventually, I think, Bar Rover, I want it to evolve into. You want a tequila guy for this. You want a rum girl for this. You can hire out a series of bartenders who will come to you and do the things on small scales, bespoke New York chic experiences. I like um, but right now, it's just me mostly doing whiskey and cocktails. Sweet. Any plugs? Uh, I'm going to plug myself. I'm Brendan Sokler. I'm David Ray. I'm Pat Marin. And I'm Bevan. Thanks, guys, so much for tuning in to the Adultish Podcast. Make sure to check us out at adultish.tv. Do it. We, we can wrap up now. Bye. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see what this so. does.